guys? Welcome back to the Bullying Podcast, where we talk about random shit that you might like. Today, we have a special guest, and I say special all the time for everybody who comes in, because we love all of our guests. We have Delicia, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Miss Godmother. I-, I said it right, right? Or am yes, I missing? Yes, you did. So, no, you said it right. Perfect. I, I know uh, you said that, that you know, you're know you getting back into the, the, you know your social media, and this is a perfect way to start. Thank you again for hopping on. I appreciate your time. It's always uh, fun to talk to you and just I'm always intrigued to see what you're going to say. I appreciate you. I'm excited to be here. And just like you said, like I've been building my brand, not just with social media, but just overall, you know, and I think that a lot of people get it confused when they're when someone's like, oh, I'm building my brand. It's like in order to build your brand, you also have to build yourself up. So that was where my foundation was, is like really building myself up so that when I did go and get to a place where I can be doing podcasts and speaking in different areas that I feel comfortable and I feel confident in my branding and, you know, with the title, The Godmother and, you know, Jaleesia, all this stuff, you know what I mean? So I'm excited to be here and I appreciate you guys. Of course. I, I'm glad. I know you, you came from a, a, I don't know if I'm correct and just let me know. Uh, you did like a spiritual trip or exactly uh, what, what did you, did you do anything like that? Am I wrong or trip like um like traveling or do you mean like psychedelics? Um no like I I, I don't know I know some people do like they go on uh, on a trip to go fi- you know find themselves or you know just I I don't know I have you been doing any travels recently and stuff like that? <laughs> let me let me yeah. at that. Okay, <laughs> I just gotta make sure. Um, well yeah I mean I'm a big fan of traveling overall. I feel like. I'm a firm believer in energy, you know, when it comes to the science aspect of energy, you know, it's kind of obvious in that sense. We're taught it in high school and everything, but then also in the sense of um, spirituality and stuff like that. So I enjoy traveling. And when you do travel, I feel like it brings out a different energy inside of you. So, um, yeah, I do travel. I enjoy it. And I recently went to Puerto Rico. That was my most recent trip that I honestly, I enjoy Puerto Rico so much. You know, for me, I'm half Puerto Rican. So it's kind of like tapping back into my roots and connecting with the land. I like to be in nature. Okay. Nature. Um, like there's one aspect of me that's like, okay, like I like this thing's very specific. And then the other part of me is like, woo, nature, like, let's just be in nature, tap in. So, um, yeah, I mean, spiritually, I definitely think traveling can help elevate a person spiritually too. So, yeah, I I know that uh, when uh, we all come from the same high school, we all come from Colonial High School, which is kind of like kind of like crazy. Well, well, Dylan doesn't, yeah. but like I oh. mean, most of us come from come from like almost like the same high school, which is kind of crazy to know that even though we walk different paths in life, we all came from like a place, uh, like almost the same kind of place. I know that uh, for me, when I connected with you, was all about more spiritual, I can't even say the word right, and spirituality, and also about the topic about depression. I know this is kind of be like a little bit hard topic to talk about, but I wanted to shed some light on that because you're one of the, you, when I spoke to you for the first time, you had an attitude where like when Andy told me like, yeah, she went through so much depression, but then when I talked to him, like, there's no way she went through depression. Like she has like such, she carry herself with such good weight, her attitude. She has so much confidence. And I'm just basically reflecting on that towards how I was looking at myself. So how was it, how was like depression? How were you able to overcome depression? What was like that spiritual like adventure with yourself? Cause I know you went to a spiritual adventure to yourself to discover who you are and through overcoming that depression. How can you explain that to us? 
Yeah, I think that just like you said, it's a topic that is not the easiest to talk about, but it's something that it's a conversation that needs to happen, um, especially in uh, every different niche, like every different environment, not just like when it comes to high school, but when we get to the workplace, you know what I mean? It's a conversation that needs to happen in the workplace, like conversation that needs to happen in stores, etc. It's something that every place is kind of a different way to process anxiety and depression. So for me, um, really where things originated and I shared my story with both, um, with, with you, a lot of you guys, I believe, I'm not sure, um, you guys seen me speak previously or anything like that. But, um, for me, a lot of the things that began my anxiety and depression was something that was kind of programmed when I was a kid and I wasn't aware of it. Um, and what I mean by that is sometimes when we grow up and we're in, in toxic environments, um, we start to develop coping mechanisms, right? So that we can feel protected. Um, so when I was younger, I, I developed a lot of those coping mechanisms unconsciously. Um, one of the things that happened for me that didn't happen to a lot of other people in my family, right? And to give kind of like a, a background is I grew up in an environment um, toxic, but with the extent that um, it was somebody that was verbally abusive within the household, right? So with that, it was something that just like with any scenario of abuse, it's like, oh, well, this person isn't like that all of the time. You know, this person, when they're constantly around you, you develop a love for that person as well. You know, um, for me, it was a father figure, right? So it was my stepfather. And I had this view of this person that was raising me. I, I'm so grateful that I had this father figure, right? But it was such juxtaposition, you know, like it was such a contrast to see this person that I held on a pedestal. But then in a different aspect, I had to build this I had that was part of my process of that sense of protection is keeping this image in my head of like no this is my stepfather this I'm so grateful like I shouldn't even I shouldn't even question um if I'm grateful or not to be around this individual right so the basis for that um the reason why I really touch on my childhood in regards to that is because these coping mechanisms one of them for me was shaking right a lot of people when they are anxious and depressed um when they're older it's like sometimes people aren't able to completely notice okay like some people are quiet some people you know they um they talk fast etc for me it's like at the time of the peak of my anxiety and depression nobody knew until i would shake you know i would just be in certain environments i would be um everything would be great right and then my body would be shaking so now i'm having this fight or flight response in front of people and they're unaware what's going on and i'm just like shake sometimes like ha, ha, ha. like you know you just gotta laugh it off um and I would do that with no awareness as to why I would shake um and what really a peak of me understanding myself and not just spirituality but understanding life was when I started to meditate and through my meditation um I started to just meditation for me what I explained to people is kind of like you create this um when you're in this silence and you're connecting with yourself you create an environment which is the foundation of how you're going to proceed the day, right? It's like you're giving yourself this clean slate. So when I would give myself this clean slate and then I would get my triggers, it would be more clarity as to what my triggers were because I started with the sense of, okay, this is blank here, right? Um, and I started to see where my triggers were coming from. I started to understand um, Joe Dispenza actually talks about this. Um, he's a Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, he's a writer and he's also done a lot of things about neurology. And I really studied him because coming from the place where we come from, you know what I mean? We all went to the same high school. It's not the most um, wealthy area. You know what I mean? My family couldn't afford therapy. They couldn't afford counseling. So when I read this book and or I saw a video actually, and then I saw he read a book, he wrote a book. I was like, 
I'm solving this. Can we curse before yeah. I say anything? Yeah, yeah. Right. Go. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> so I was like, I'm solving this shit. Like, I don't care. The doctors can't help me. All right, we don't have money. That's cool. Whatever, whatever. Like, I'm gonna figure this out. So, um, for me, it really, it really helped me that. I balanced that. Like, I was like, okay, no, yes, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I shake. And I didn't even know really, you know, because in my mindset, remember, I developed this coping mechanism was like, no, I grew up in the perfect environment. I have my mom. I have my dad. Like, I didn't even call this person my stepdad. I'm like, no, this is my dad. I have my siblings. Like, I have so much love at home, which I did. But also, again, the aspect of abuse is like, it's not something that's always present. So in my head, I coped to the point where it's like, no, nothing's wrong. I don't understand, but my body held the trauma. So I think that um, for some people, you know, I would say it's, I can't even say that it's like I was lucky because it's like, it's good and bad that I would shake. It's bad because I'm physically showcasing my stress and I had no sense of control in my body. But then it's good because then I could not ignore my anxiety and depression. There was no way that I could ignore it because now people are visually seeing that this girl's having a great day, right? And she's shaking and it's like, it was evident that I couldn't really control it. And I would just put my hands like under the table and I would do my best. But um, that that break that breakthrough really was with meditation because I started to create that foundation and kind of get like visions of when I was a kid and they started to click. Oh, this is where this came from. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like that's a pretty lengthy answer, but it's it kind of deserves that much depth because that's something that was very transformational for my life. It created the foundation of why I'm even here, you know, why I care to speak. Um and empower people is because of that darkness that I went through with anxiety and depression. Um, I actually have a question. Um, as a person who uh, struggled with an anxiety disorder, um, and I'm, I'm just curious if you kind of had like the same uh, or a similar experience. So I know for me, like when I uh, was like really struggling with it, I would just feel like pretty much just like an elevated heart rate, like all the time, just like nervous all the time. Uh, did you have like kind of like or do you still have like that like similar experience where it's just like all the time or do you just have like random bouts of like being uh, irrationally nervous? Yeah, and I think um, that's something that I had to that I it was steps. So it wasn't like overnight, like all of a sudden I didn't have it anymore. You know, it was something for me with meditation. Meditation really helped me. And um, I'll kind of go through with the definition that I have for meditation as well. To me, it's like um, sitting silently and really focusing on breath work, right? So I focused a lot on breath work. Um, Jay Shetty, he's actually somebody that he he wrote the book called Think Like a Monk. Now, when you think about it, it's like, who would want to be like a monk? You know what I mean? But the way he explains it is like in the monk lifestyle, it's like you create su such depth with being content with just being that when you go back into the world, if you do, because some monks just stay um, monks for the rest of their lives. But um, if you do, then you'll, you'll just have a different satisfaction of life. You know what I mean? It, it changes how you view the world because you have such appreciation for everything. So I started to really study things like breath work and Joe, Dis I mean, Joe Dispenza talks about, it and so does Jay Shetty. Um, on how breath controls just not just your brain, but it controls everything. So if you have an elevated heart rate, it's going to be affecting your breath. If you have an elevated, um, 
breath is going to affect your vision. Like it's affecting all these things. Some of the things about my anxiety and depression, it wasn't even just the shaking and everything because I did have those symptoms. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I still do. More often when I do have the symptoms is when I'm more vulnerable, such as when I'm asleep. Like in the middle of the night, I will wake up with anxiety. Or in the mornings, like I'll just wake up with that elevated heart rate and I'm not entirely sure as to why. But yep. when we're asleep, right or when we're in that fight or flight mode when i hear that word fight or flight like that phrase i also associate it directly with the subconscious right yeah. so the reason why i targeted and i was like i'm focusing on breath work the reason why i'm like you know what? i'm gonna sit my ass down and i'm gonna meditate at first it was some weird shit where i'm like do i do i like this like hmm do i hum is it ohm like what do i do some sometimes you're like mom, 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 mom. i'm like okay this is too much like nobody look at me like i can't do it you know but um I started with those things because when I understood Joe Dispenza and a lot of these people that focus on the brain and the mind, because for me, I knew that I couldn't control it, if that makes sense. And I'm sure that's relatable. It's like when you're in that mode, you can't really control it. It's like your body took over. And that's also where it comes back to our body holds the trauma. So now if every day we go and we walk a dog at 5 p.m., right? For five days, we walk this dog at 5 p.m. The dog's going to get consistent where they're going to use the bathroom at 5, right? So by the sixth day, what do we think the dog's going to do like at 5 p.m.? Be ready to pee. Go for a walk. Be ready to go yeah. walk for a pee. He's going to be like, I'm ready. And if you don't bring him, what is he going to do inside the house? Yep. This Make a mess. Yeah, business. He, he's going to use the bathroom somewhere. Like, he doesn't care. It's like, because you programmed him to that. See, so now we have these things where we unconsciously don't realize how powerful our body is so for me it was when i was a child you know for for instance if because you said you do relate it could be something that happened when you were a child it could be middle school for me middle school was tough you know what i mean so it's like all these different steps and it could have been the same trauma just reaffirmed constantly but when i was a child when we're five we don't know how to properly respond or anything right so one of the things that happened to me is I was five and I remember vividly like my parents were arguing in the car and this is one of the things that happened where I visualized it. and now I remember vividly because through meditation it kind of like it flashed before my eyes and I was kind of like oh shit like this is this makes sense why I shake because I had this visualization of when I'm sitting there in the car and we were going to the movies and when I literally remember the movie and everything but when we're sitting in the car we left and we left early because my parents were arguing, right? And so with my stepfather, you know, this is an excuse, but it does give me a different view and consideration for him as well. Um, he's an alcoholic and also struggles with bipolarism. So um, that's just kind of like a little bit of a background for him. Again, it doesn't give him any excuses, but as I'm older, I, I get that there needs to be a certain level of understanding because just like I can't control my anxiety that is, that is held within my body when I shake, and to the point where if uh, like I don't know how much you guys relate that place of like you hate yourself for it like it's not just a, oh I'm anxious like no a lot of times I became depressed because of my lack of control in my anxiety like it's not like I had depression first no it's like my anxiety came out and it caused such a deep depression because I felt like I had no sense of control of myself right I didn't feel safe and that even correlates to um, in psychology Maslow's hierarchy like the first foundation in Maslow's hierarchy, um, and I'm gonna correlate it to even the Holocaust, right? They, the reason why we came up with Maslow's hierarchy and everything was because in the Holocaust, the first thing that they took from these people were their home, their sense of safety, their sense of stability, you know what I mean? So when we're here and um, 
we're feeling a sense of that is being removed from us. Now it's creating our fight or flight mode. But when we're in that position, right? For me, like I said, it's bringing back to the that vision in the car. I'm a child. My fight or flight response was on, right? But now there was a consistency. If I'm crying five days in a row from this, this toxic environment of someone who's verbally abusive, not just to me, but those that I love, disempowering those that I love, what's going to happen on this sixth day? I don't need to have a reason as to why I'm crying, as to why I'm shaking. There's no reason necessary because at 5 p.m., or did I say 6 p.m.? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, but at 5 p.m. Yeah, there we go. At 5 p.m., I'm going to react. Not because I'm consciously like, oh, Juice, you need to shake at 5 p.m., you know, like, okay, let's get it out. No, no, no. It's like my body is taking that sense of control. And now, now what happens is a month later, my body shakes because it gets triggered, right? There's a the certain pitch in this person's voice, right? Um, or any person around me that is triggering toward that initial thing that happens to me, it creates like a sense of PTSD. But we're unaware of where it originated because it's not our mind that's saying that this is happening. It's our body that held that trauma. So um, that, it's so, so important because our anxiety, when we have it, we see the environment in front of us. And when we start to shake randomly, right out of nowhere, we're shaking. We look for the reason as to why we're shaking right in front of us. So that was a huge breakthrough for me because I would be in a restaurant and I would be with friends and I would think, okay, I have to leave this restaurant. Something's wrong in this restaurant. I would mistake my anxiety for my intuition. And I'd be like, something's wrong in this restaurant. Um, maybe this person's talking crap about me. Oh my gosh, they don't like me. No, these people don't like me. Oh my gosh, what's, what's wrong? Like, is, my, is it my hair? Is it me? Like, oh my gosh, I sound so stupid right now, right? And now it creates this thing of like, we're starting to hate ourselves because we think that there's something going wrong in that moment when in the reality it's five days ago, it's just 6 p.m. again, or it's 5 p.m. again, you know what I mean? So um, I did shake a lot and I did have that sense of my heart beating really, really fast. Um, and I realized that when you can control your breath, you can control every other aspect of your body. And that's the first thing that they teach in monk school as well, is how to control your breath. So I no longer shake or get really anxious as I did before, but that's because I did my best and I continue daily, right? I, and I, to remember even daily, but that I have to combat that programming that I had all the way up until 19 years old. I have to combat that programming of crying consistently, of shaking consistently, of my, um, you know, of hyperventilating, my heart beating fast and stuff. I have to combat that with meditation. You have to reprogram your brain, right? We can't replace anything that happened in the past, but we can create stronger programs so that it no longer does. So thankfully, you know, I really have progressed from from those all honestly like panic attacks. I had them very often um, and I didn't know why at the time, you know? But um, yeah, and I think that's something that I can recommend to everyone, whether they have anxiety or not. Anyone that's watching is do breath work. Breath work will help you through any situation, through focus, through business, and every aspect. If you can control your breath, it's going to give you a different level of confidence. Um, but yeah. What if you're a monk breather? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought about that when she goes like, yes, yeah. I'm like, what if you're a monk breather? How, do you, how does that go? Do you have to like, learn how to like, breathe your nose better? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have some random thoughts from time to time it's just don't you gotta play me. around with it i'm like i'm like well, i'm thinking about it what if you're a monk breather I, I but the funny thing is they do that like when you breathe you'll, they'll be like hold this nostril hold that nostril like now completely holy breath they do 
It's <sighs> different. <laughs> I've heard breathing breathing is very important and it's one thing that we don't realize that even as as simple as like breathing like it, it's I I know uh um he's a UFC fighter Adesanya Israel Adesanya he he took this whole lesson of, of just breathing the workouts that he did and he focused like three months heavy on how to breathe because it, it sounds stupid but they teach you how to breathe because we do it naturally we we can't just be like stop breathing it's like you know and or just like breathe again like it, it just constantly happens so once we take control of how we breathe and just uh just maintain a certain you know like heart because i feel like the, your breathing can help your with your heartbeat to slow it down you know speed it up so that that's important and you you explained it very well um i actually have one more follow-up question actually so uh you're talking a lot about like um like therapy and like breath work and like all of that so are you um and this is not like to um project or anything um, but are you like against medicine, or like, or you just wanna, you just like believe you can uh, do everything you need to without it? Which it seems like it's working, like from what I can hear, with without it. Um, so, uh, what what are your thoughts on like medicine for for that? Honestly, um, I when I was in high school, they actually had me on a um a type of medicine. So they said it was a more mild form of Xanax. Um, I think that every person's body is different. For me, being in high school, being on a mild form of Xanax, like that now that I'm older, right, I'm 21, to me, look, looking back on that, I just don't think that it was right, that I was in high school taking a form of Xanax. Like, I think about it now, I've seen what Xanax people do, like, does to people and just how, like, even doing it recreationally, whatever, you know what I mean? And I, I did Xanax because there was also that time where when I had this milder form of Xanax that was prescribed to me, right, under my name and everything, my mom was aware. My mom was like, you know what, if you feel that this is going to help you, try it out. And that was my mindset as well. I can say that I didn't stay consistently on it for about a month because I felt, um, I don't know how even to describe it, I felt blank. So I don't know if you guys have ever felt that place of like, just you feel blank and I would have this medication and it would block out this sadness to where I wasn't showcasing things, right? I wasn't shaking anymore, but it was like, if I knew I had something dark within me, you know, um, and dark within me where it's like, it was dark, but I couldn't express. So for me, it didn't allow me to express. Now, I will say that was a general form of medication. Again, my mom didn't have the complete income and to really to really take care of my mental illness. And that's okay. You know, I don't blame her for that by no means. You know, it was just an aspect of life that I had to overcome. And so for that experience, for me personally, medication didn't work in the past. Am I anti-medication? No, because there's times where people definitely need medication. That's just the reality of it. Um, but I will say that I'm, if I... I lean back from medication as a whole, though. Like, I, I'm a firm believer that holistically, uh, people can progress, you know? And that kind of derives from the Caribbean culture that I grew up around because I have a lot of people in my family that in the past, they were the village healers, right? And these healers, they would make these concoctions with different types of herbs and stuff like that. You you drink the soup, and now you're you're good as new, you know what I mean? Healing terminal illnesses, et cetera. So um, it's kind of like... Um, do I have that surrounding me at the moment entirely? No, but I see where there's so much potential there. And it's kind of like my family has lost that sense of, um, 
I don't want to say culture because it's like a natural medicine route. You know what I mean? But the world has kind of like morphed into not using so many natural things. Um, I do think that a lot of times we use medicine to cover something. It's like a Band-Aid in that moment. But I understand it because I know what it's like to not want to live and just need a solution right now. Like, I, I get that entirely. So it's like there's... They're stepping into things and there's transitions. So I definitely think that um, for me personally, I won't. I don't take medicine now. I, I prefer not to. My anxiety isn't as bad. My depression is very like I understand too that sometimes I'm not depressed, but life is in seasons. I'm gonna be sad. You know what I mean? Um, and even when I was depressed, I was so grateful for when I felt sadness, and it wasn't suffering. You know what I mean? So I think that my depression that I had in the past also changed my radar in terms of what is sad and what isn't. Because it's like, when you when you want to die, like, when you have a regular day, it's like, this day was amazing. Like, yo, I don't want to die today. Like, this is lit. Like, another one, you know? But, um, so I will say that, too. So um, I can say that within myself, I'm happy, so I don't need medication and everything. But again, my radar is very different. I feel like my tolerance for pain is different than it was previously, just because of what I went through. And it's probably, it's like, I'm pretty sure it's very different than an average person as well, just because I know what those thoughts can lead into. Those those negative thoughts that I would like be pulled into led to depression, led to me wanting to take medication, etc. But basically, what I was saying is that I'm not against anybody else taking medication, just because I understand everybody's body's different. Um, in some cases, when you feel like you want to die, it's like you need a solution right there and then. So if you need a a sense of band-aid solution in that moment so that you can then take the the habits and create those habits to then progress where you can gradually get off of medication i'm an advocate for that if people don't need medication then they shouldn't have it right and that's if they don't need it um every person's different i do think that there's the holistic way where mindfulness all these different things where i say like meditation mindfulness different herbs teas for instance i didn't even know how healing teas were ginger tea can literally fix my day if i have terrible anxiety i will sit there and i will take ginger tea with mint it'll help my stomach if i'm nervous and it'll calm me down and i like to do that before bed because like i said sometimes i'll wake up anxious and it's just like that's just as i'm waking up but i'm not upset because i understand this is 19 years of programming that i'm working to undo so um yeah, like I'm not I'm not against it, but I do think that if people can find different options, there is different options. The first step is to believing is really really believing that you can be helped. That's it. Whether it's medication, anything. If you feel like you have no sense of being helped in the world, you want to die, use this medication, then all of a sudden the next day you don't want to die, I'm an advocate for it. Great. You want to live. That's that's a step for people, you know. I think people don't value those those baby steps enough. So, um, and one and that's not even a baby step. That's a huge step, you know, accepting help. So when you can do that, and then once you're at that next step, be like, okay, what other things can help me progress? Maybe teas. Well, maybe I'll try meditation. Like this might be weird, but let me try this here. Now there's steps to that I can build these habits, and habits are not easy to sit there and create, especially when you're somebody who's depressed or anxious. So, um creating those habits of those different mindful things and transitioning with medicine. But there's a point where if you can get off of it, why why not? You know, if you feel like, okay, I can do this, why not? Um, but yeah. One thing I noticed while talking about habits and stuff like that, one thing I noticed with me when I get to that depression state where I feel kind of low energy, what it tends to be is that I have not kept up with like, it kind of sounds weird, but I have not kept up with my hygiene. When I take a shower and I take care of like my hygiene, 
my level of like energy goes from like being low all the way high again. I feel like I'm refreshed. My mind is refreshed and it's ready for to go what to whatever ha what is happening next in life. It's all about like for me. As soon as I take a shower, I brush my teeth, I dress well. I feel like okay, I don't need to worry about that anxiety that just literally just was happening five minutes ago. And it's so weird that just having personal hygiene changes your mood, changes your anxiety. But it's just like a habit that your body is taking in after so much like either trauma or so much like habit has been formed. And I and this goes to uh, and I got this from Jaleesi and I say it all the time. And I, I've I've had people ask me like, dude, you get like a haircut every week. I'm like, I get a haircut every week because I look good. I I for in my opinion, I look good, and when I look good, I feel good. So I perform a lot better. And if I'm performing a lot better, it's a step closer to reaching my goals and accomplishing everything that's in front of me. For me, uh, knowing knowing these guys, like, they know me, like, I've always been, like, a very, I guess, like, same, same feeling kind of person, like, or same, same mood, right? Like, I'm always kind of, like, happy. I'm, like, never, like, a, a sad person. Uh... And I think I that's, that for you. yeah, and I, I think that it's kind of just, I guess, maybe like the autism, because I have mild autism, uh, and I feel like sometimes like I'm just like a, a tank or something, and I can just take things and take things and take things, and then sometimes I'll like, let's say like, uh, like my tank will break down for a second, and, it, and I'll, I'll unreasonably get upset at something like one time Dylan and me we fought uh at school about something it was something stupid but um after after we fought about that I I was like uncontrollably crying and uh that happens to me sometimes but like like I said I I feel like sometimes I'm just a tank and then that's like a breakdown or something and then I just like fix it cry real quick and then I just keep going and and that's kind of how I've always been so like for me I I I don't uh I guess uh relate that well to like having anxiety and and depression and all that stuff. I think that's an amazing thing that you don't relate. You know what I mean? And that's why I said like I'm I love that for you because um with anxiety and depression it's something that a lot of people relate to nowadays but it, i think it's amazing when people don't you don't have to relate you know what i mean and i think it's so empowering that sometimes we forget that there's people that you know they they have more balance to themselves naturally you know what i mean and i think that that's an awesome thing and it's normal for us to have emotions you know what i mean like after an argument sometimes we just Nobody wants to not like another person, even when they piss you off. It's like, I don't want to be pissed off, but you're pissing me off, so now I got to be pissed off, and now you're reacting to me, and you're pissed off. Now we're both pissed off, so how do we handle it, you know? So I think that it's natural to feel emotions, and I really, I'm glad for you, and I'm glad that, you know, we get to be in an environment where there's so much diversity, too, because there's a lot of different opinions and different viewpoints that everybody has. Um, so, yeah, I think that's great. I just wanted to say, like, I, I the the one thing you said about like you were kind of happy when you felt like 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 when you felt kind of sad, um, but it was like a normal sad. Like I honestly can like relate to that really heavy because like, um, because uh, I I did take medication and um for for me like 
it helped a lot. I, I can definitely see what you're saying. Um, I took a different medication though. I took uh, melatonin. Um, okay. So it's like kind of a, a hormone. Um, but uh, but like I was kind of afraid of like taking it because, in a way, I like having the anxiety because it's part of who I am, and like I like feeling sad sometimes. Like I I like feeling mm -hmm. like I I I feel like. If I didn't have the anxiety, I would be like just like speaking before I think, if if that makes sense. Like I, I would just be like not thinking about anything, you know, like so so yeah, I, I can relate like super heavy with, with like how you, you said like you liked being sad in, in a way. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the the way you said it too was like you it creates a sense of identity. And that's really what it is. It creates a sense of identity of like, this is me. Like, it's sorry, I can't go out. What's going to be the excuse when you don't have anxiety anymore? Oh, sorry, I don't want to hang out with you guys. Like, now we have to be vocal and tell people we don't want to <laughs> hang out with them? Like, fuck, you know? So um, it does. And it's not even just like that. Like, you know, it's really when I wasn't sad, it was like I... I got comforted by this this feeling also because if I had a good day, it's like, again, there was steps to my journey. So some days I'm like, yeah, like it was just a regular sad day, but it wasn't suffering, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was other days where like I had those at the beginning, when I started to have those days, I'm like, where, when is this gonna pop up? Like, where's this yeah. anxiety? Where's this depression? It started, I liked it better when I was just sad because I didn't, I wasn't walking on this line of like, oh, maybe I'm gonna be happy. I didn't wanna bullshit myself of like, oh, I'm healing, this is gonna be great. And now I'm selling myself a dream. It was more painful when I didn't have like a month of, I wasn't sad for a month. And I'm like, I'm healed, like I'm normal. And then all of a sudden, boom, everything crashed, you know? So I completely agree with that. And I think that, um, it's so important to think as well, though, is like when we when we start to see that we're in that position, is it because we have a fear of success? Right. And I learned this from some of my mentors is like we're so scared that we'll succeed. Yeah. Like it's what if we what if we could have been happy this whole time? Yep. I was like for me that was one of my big things is like you know I was when I started meditating this whole journey it's like I had this feeling of like okay not just oh I hope I get better I was like I'm gonna fucking be better because if not I might die <laughs> like, no cap you know what I mean and it's like I laugh about it but it's so it's so real like those that relate you relate it's like sometimes you gotta laugh it off because it was just that sense of oh like it just felt it feels so heavy that you don't even want to sit in that heaviness and explain the depth of it you just want to laugh it off like you know but um yeah, I had to sit there and really think, like, if I'm happy, like, what would happy me be like? Yeah. What would that even, what would that person be like? And then when I started to learn from these different people, I was like, they, what they say is like, first of all, it could be a fear of success. What if things go right? What are you going to do when everything goes right and your life's perfect? And in, in your definition of perfect. All right. And then they would sit there and they would be like, well, if you want to, this future you, right? Andy cuts his hair frequently, right? All these things of, okay, we shower more frequently to feel better. So when we do these things, what are we working towards? We don't know unless we write it out. You know, so for me, the way I kind of like transitioned from that as well is I started writing out, what is this future Jaleesa going to be like? When she's this happy girl, when she no longer has depression, anxiety, what would her focus be? 
what what will my excuse be? Because I, in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to have anxiety soon, you know? So what's my excuse going to be when I don't want to hang out with friends? <laughs> you know, and these are things that now you, when you think from a healed perspective, because we got to jump and how this future version of us is going to speak to people when we're healed, what are we going to say? So now it started being like, okay, my excuse would be this, you know? And it's like these baby things that help us. Um, I, I really fell into journaling very heavily too creating myself um i had two journals one where i talk about the dark aspects of myself the dark things that are sad when i'm when i'm really in my feelings i write in that journal um and then when i'm when i'm in a good place or right when i wake up i write what that future person is going to be like because i don't want to it's so easy to feel in bondage to anything out of repetition of being humans so that bondage to sadness it's like it's understandable and it's relatable but we 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 have a choice to what we want to reaffirm we don't have a choice in what already happens but we have a choice when we wake up the next day do we want to reaffirm the things that we previously had it could be comforting but healthy and this is something i was really like confused about at first and i still every day i work on it um for me in terms of relationships right is healthy is still uncomfortable as fuck it's so uncomfortable if, if a guy came up to me and gave me roses and was like wow you're amazing but it's your mindset blah 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 and said all the things that were perfect to me i would be like what what is he doing like this guy's weird even if i, I think it's perfect i would think it's so weird and i would feel uncomfortable and i would be awkward because even healthy is hard to accept. Eat like real, like I, I'm, I grew up in an abusive household. Like healthy is weird to me. Now, if you, you sit there and you roast me, why is that more relatable? Why am I more susceptible to somebody roasting me than someone genuinely complimenting me? You know what I mean? So um, I do, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. It's like we get comforted by these things, but then we, we have this choice on if we want to do baby steps. I'm not saying to, to solve or anything, but like baby steps and which way we want to go. It's scary regardless. And, and that's what I realized. It's like, this life is scary, but it, it's the yin and the yang, you know? The roasting is that colonial culture. <laughs> <laughs> talking, uh, like, when you're talking about how, like, the fear of uh, success, we always think about it's always the fear of failure. It's always the, uh, uh, the fear of failure. But when I learned from you and other people from when I was, like, um, back in the past, we learned, like, what is the actual meaning, like, People are not that, they're not that fearful about failure. They're more fearful of success. Just the, the reason why, because I can believe it. Like when I analyze it, when I'm like, I have fear of, of being successful because when I have a perfect day, I'm like, okay, something is about to go wrong soon because there's no way everything is going good. And we don't get to that point of realization like, damn, we should be grateful for those days that we have that feel very perfect for us because we are feeling ourselves. But you're always like hoping for that bad thing to happen to you for no for no reason because you are just expecting it. Your body is expecting it because of all that habit, all that trauma, all that has been going on in the past. Be like, yo, when it's gonna happen? Like you telling your body, hey, it's five o'clock, come on. But it's just like you're having just such a good day because you you're in the mood, you're feeling yourself, and it's just like when you think about, man, what if I'm successful? And not talking about like, oh, I have money, I have this. It's like, what if I'm successful of being happy? What if today I wake up, I go to the gym, I play basketball with my, with my brothers, and I go and just have a, like a very productive day? What is all that? And you think about that, and you go thinking like, there's no way. There's no way. I'm going to wake up like shit. And you just like putting yourself to like fail because you think you cannot succeed. 
And that's insane to think about. Amen. <laughs> and and I, I I'm very appreciative of everybody just sharing because I this topic is uh you you you're putting a vulnerable spot sharing, you know, these types of conversation. So I appreciate, you know, Christian, Dylan and Michael and even you Jalisa to open up about this topic and I, I've and you could tell me if I'm doing the right thing because I, I've helped a little bit. Um, I've been helping my brother a little bit with it. And one thing that I've been doing is like small things like when we go out and there's like an awkward interaction uh, with my brother, he gets so much anxiety from it. And I, I try to tell him like, look, it, it's normal. It, it happens. It, like, if, And I, I would share a story of like something similar that happened to me, like how it happened to him. And it's completely normal trying to reassure him that, dude, uh, it, you're not the, you're not the only one that, you know, that's going through this. A whole bunch of people, you know, it's normal, you know, try to normalize it. Um, and that's something that I, I've been like slowly doing and just I'm, I'm doing small things to help him without him even noticing. So like one reason why I started this podcast, is it was for him as well. It's for him to uh, be well spoken and. Like, I, I tell him all the time, he has so much potential. And I've seen it. When he wants something, there is nothing that can stop this man. Not even Thanos with all the freaking six rings or whatever the six rings. Like, this man, he is so dedicated. When he when he wanted his computer, he, <coughs> excuse me, he would work and he would grind. He would, uh, he, he did everything he needed to do and more to get where he was at same thing when he started streaming he wanted to make money from streaming and guess what he did it he has so much potential and i don't want him to lose that sight of his potential and what he's able to do so i'm so happy where everyone's at and we're progressing and that's one thing that i have been saying a lot is progression is so important so i i i also want to just you know I kind of want to move a little bit, you know, from that conversation. Uh, I want to know what's going on with Jalicia. Like, I haven't talked to you, I'd say, a couple months. What, what's <laughs> what's going on with Jalicia? What's Jalicia up to? What she's working on? And you know, uh, sh- you know, share with us what what's going on. What what's uh, your, your future plans? Yeah. So back to like, I've been building my brands. This is a step in the right direction. I'm really excited. I have a lot of passion when it comes to speaking about things such as anxiety and depression because again i feel like as we give other people that that same reassurance that we go through similar things it helps the world progress you know what i mean it's very fulfilling to me so the way i've been incorporating that not just into my brand but um also into my youtube so i'm here i have been editing videos for youtube i feel like there was about a year where i was um really contemplating it and I was being in denial because of what I was going through, you know? And again, these are these coping mechanisms where we, um, that, that I was using in that aspect. But, you know, I've actually been taking the time to do photo shoots. I've done a couple photo shoots. Um, this has been a great step in the right direction. Like I said, I'm actually scheduled for another call um, next week where I'll be speaking about spirituality and enlightenment. Um, more so spirituality and the habits that come along with that, you know, such as meditation and everything. Um, and just seeing where I can take my passions, right? When it comes to growth, development, mindset, and pouring into whatever niche I come in contact with. 
So I actually was in the process of getting my realtor license, which was super exciting, super awesome. And then I got COVID. So oh. I had to sit there and I had to restart it. So I actually restart that in two weeks. I'll be in realtor school again. I'm really excited for that because um, it'll put me back in a position interacting with people. I actually went through things in my personal life that literally had me in a place where I don't want to interact with anybody anymore. Like I didn't want to leave my house. I was staying home and it wasn't even just the COVID. It was like my life. I was... I was really traumatized when it came to interacting with people for some time um, and I had to get out of that. So seeing where I got to go back to school again, that helped me. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited where um, I'll be progressing with real estate because not only is it a platform for me to sit there and, of course, make money, but I'll be interacting with people that are like minded and in a place where their goal is also entrepreneurship and re re making an income that can be residual. So that's where my focus lies. And yeah, my goal is still comes really um, into pursuing that passion, but where it can branch off and I want to do YouTube, right? Like I've been editing and I've just been down doing the, the foundation of YouTube. So, yeah. I'm so proud of you for that. I know you, we've been, I swear, we've been talking about your YouTube for a bit now. So I'm super excited. Uh, and that's, that's the same thing. I, I'm, I'm I want to start creating my own brand and well, not creating, building my brand. Here we are. We're yeah, here. Literally. You're doing it. <laughs> and like it's awesome. Uh, I, especially like the podcast is, is one way I could do it. And the thing with the podcast, it's I could be my genuine self. I don't share a lot of. I I don't post on Instagram or Snapchat. I don't express myself. So for me is when I meet people, a lot of people don't come up to me, or you know want to make don't want to be friends with me or anything like that. And that's because I'm very serious. Like if you see me from a distance, I was like I'm not gonna even trying to attempt to talk to this person but I, i'm i'm not somebody who can go and um i'm the weirdest guy to make friends i'll stick with you and i'll just listen in dope dope and then slowly make conversation and then slowly like you know we'll start a conversation then go back and forth and from there it, it goes to normal conversations but i i um damn i just fucking lost myself whoa it's okay give me a second give me a second so yeah, I, I've been branding myself, and that's what I want to start doing with all of us here. I know each individual person wants to do something, and it, whether it's content creation, it's streaming, or building something, uh, that's why we're all here. And I, I, I remind them that we're a team, so we got to support each other. With anything that they do, we got to go ahead and push ourselves to become better. Because we're doing a podcast together, and it's amazing, and that's a good way for us to be genuine. And then, like, even with, I'm starting a whole, like, Monday, I'm starting this 90-day where it's, I'm slowly going to be transitioning into vegan. And um, I have a personal trainer uh, that um, that we're starting Monday uh, that we, we, got a, we got a couple projects going on. <laughs> we, we're, I'm working on something. Uh, so you might be seeing a couple things from me in a bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just really in that mindset of, you got to show who you really are to the world because I've never done that. And I feel like I'm an interesting person. I really do. I have I, I have strong opinions about things that I, I shouldn't share with a lot of people, but that's me. Yeah. That's me. And, right. and yeah, I, I'm definitely on the same page. Are you going vegan or are you going vegetarian? What's the difference? Vegan is like not eating like like anything animal, like like eggs or milk or stuff so, like that. Or just not I, um, meat, which is vegetarian. Not meat. 
so um so i saw this movie and uh it changed my whole perspective of thing where it, it talks about <laughs> go, go ahead no what's the name of it oh give, me a, sec- give yeah. me a second uh it, it's okay if you don't remember but does it supersize me no no that, but, that one made a lot of people go vegan so it, it it talks about uh where i don't we don't need animal meat to or anything like that to you know to survive or it's like the nutrition so there was in that movie it talks it, it did like a lot of experiments uh somebody who who's vegetarian who did not eat meat with somebody who um who who uh who, yeah somebody who do, who does not eat meat and then somebody who does eat meat and they did exams and the nutrition that we're supposed to get which i forget what it was um you get more from a plant base so uh, the whole entire movie is saying that everything that we need is from the earth and the animals are just the middleman if that makes sense once i find that movie i'll definitely recommend it to you guys but it's such a good movie and it, it just like it, your health is much better you, apparently it helps with anxiety your focus um just everything is so much uh beneficial to you so that's why i was like I, it's a transformation that i have to do I did a fast for a week um and in that fast i was full out vegan so it was it wasn't just vegan it was it was like a daniel's fast so if you guys are familiar with the daniel's fast at all it's just basically um basically fruits and vegetables but for me, in order to help with my metabolism and everything, I went ahead and did it like puree. So it was all like smoothies, basically. Like my soup was like a smoothie too. And it helped me a lot. I had a huge transformation. After that week though, I will say that I, my body, it helped my body a lot. It helped with like the cellulite on my body, the fat and any aspect. Like it was more of not that I lost a lot of weight, but I was, everything was just like tighter. You know what I mean? So um, it was beneficial. But when I got off of the fast, anything I ate messed up my stomach and it created a sense of fear. So I think that for me, um, I did it. It worked, but it was different because I had the aspect, the mindset of like, oh, this is just going to be a fast. But then I had that fast. My body felt amazing. Then I transitioned to eating regular food again. I'm like, what's going on? You know, my whole body was just kind of like in shock. But I realized that I had to like incorporate slowly. I think that that's awesome that you're going vegan or you're going vegetarian. But um. I, I'm not able to do that unless I have a support system like somebody that is a trainer because your girl could not handle it. <laughs> I was I was passing. I was forgetting to eat because I didn't, like, my body was missing that signal of, like, hey, I'm hungry. It just skipped to, like, I'm starving, you know? So uh, I applaud you. <laughs> I love food. So the thing is, I was just, like, not, like, yeah, whatever, a vegan is healthy, but, like, I I just like I I love meat like I have to and that was a pause, um but uh, <laughs> I I just love to eat you know chicken steak and all that I just love it, but I um do you know Marshawn's wife Tam? She started yes. making some awesome food. We had a vegan pizza. We had a, a vegan like a taco crunch wrap all these things and it was so good and i'm like there's no way and it, it <laughs> and I felt so good afterwards to where you know when you eat sometimes you're just tired or sleepy so i was like nah nah this change has to happen <laughs> so i've just been eating there and it's just been great so i had to make the transition 
I'm gonna backtrack just a little bit because I wanna I've been wanted to ask this question because you know how we were talking about building our own brand and growing our own brand. <laughs> One of the questions I had in mind was like, what is the key or keys in growing a social media and keeping that growth and consistency with it? Yeah, so I'll be so transparent that I went in the last six months, I can say that social media wasn't my predominant focus. But now with the establishment that I made before I went for those six months off and what I've been restarted, right? And when I say restarted is because I've been active every single day. Um, before, when I would do like social media consultations with people, the first thing I would say is you have to choose the niches that you want to align with. Sometimes we post and we don't realize like we're posting the most random things. We're not having a sense of consistency in who we are and it showcases, right? So for me, I chose three niches, three to four, I tell people, you know, for me, of course, spirituality is one. And when I say spirituality, it goes with meditation and stuff like that, mindfulness. Another one is mental health overall. I'm a woman. I like to speak about um, issues that women can relate to. You know what I mean? When it comes to not just like the feminist aspect, but how we take care of our bodies, the womb, et cetera. You know, and those are the three things that I predominantly focus on. And then I guess I could say um, the fourth one that like I do, but it's like a part of social media is like, you know, of course, pictures of myself, modeling, things of that nature. So I tell people establish when it comes to who you are. Right. This helps you not only in social media, but in real life. So when we when you establish that now you create a consistency of where you want to progress to and it's important to be consistent but if you don't feel comfortable with posting every single day and you don't see yourself doing that in 2 years from now posting every day why are you going to do it now why are you going to build this thing cuz then what it's going to do is going to you're going to post every day for a week and then when you don't post you're going to feel this sense of guilt because it's like, dang, I should be posting. But we want to create and anything that we do, we want it to create it in a place where it's a lifestyle change, not necessarily that we're doing it just here just to do it really quick. When you can incorporate it that way, it becomes easier, right? So, okay, if I don't want to post every day in two years from now, I'm not going to do that. But if I can see myself two years from now posting once a week or twice a week, then I, I'm going to do that. So it, come, it becomes consistent where I can maintain it. And not doing it to where it's a chore. You know, your brand is you. When you know more so who you are, this is just a, a chance to express who you are, right? It's not that you're creating this false thing either, you know? And I think it's important to remember if we do those things where we look like we're happy most of the time on social media and not sad, it's like, it's good to be authentic. I'm a person that I'm a strong advocate for being authentic. But if I'm having a bad day, you know damn well I'm not going to be crying on Instagram. Like, you're not going to see that part of me. And I think that's important for people to remember, too, is, like, you don't have to – you're not obligated to anything. There's no wrong way to do it. Um, and when – like, for instance, for me, restarting and starting back up, I'm going to be posting, like, every two days more or less. And when I do that, my goal is going to be content, content, video. Like, and when I say content, as in, like, a picture, picture, video. Why? Because I want to create a relationship. And that's so important to anything with social media. You're not just creating this brand. You got to create a relationship to your audience. Whether that relationship is just showing one aspect of yourself. For instance, for me, it could be just with womb health. Because then I'm only relating to women, right? And I create that atmosphere. It creates an, um, a relationship. Because that relationship will then be, people aren't drawn to just your page. They're not drawn to like this picture of you. They're drawn to the fact that, oh, like I vibe with this person. Uh, this is my friend. You know what I mean? And I'm very thankful for the audience that I have on Instagram from the brand I've built because they see Jaleesia and I know that they're seeing, that first of all, they're seeing what I allow them to see. 
But second of all, they're they're becoming friends with me based based off of the things that I showcase. So the way I see it is like you your social media internet's like you're a professional best friend. Like you be you. If you don't like somebody, you get to block them. Like bye. Like they disappear. You know. So that's really important. Niches consistency and then think of it as you're making friends if you don't want to make friends with certain people you don't have to so um that's important and when you go out in public social media is a big thing it's not weird no matter what anyone says it's not weird to be like hey what's your instagram follow me on instagram um and not feel obligated to follow people follow people back sometimes there's not necessity to follow certain people back and it's all about understanding what you want your social media for because if it's aligning with your niches for me my niches all align with business as well so if i if some person's not posting things that align with my business or my values because values and niches kind of like correlate my niche is going to be what i value if you don't go and you don't align with my certain values then i don't have a need to follow you because we want our social media to be conducive Right? Especially if you want to build your brand. Create an environment that's conducive to your growth because if you're growing, your business is growing and it goes hand in hand. So um, that's what I feel like is really important because people want to focus on solely brands and forgetting that you no, know, you're incorporating a lifestyle change. How is your brand you? How are you your brand? Because if you don't feel authentic, it's going to feel like shit as you continue to build this, right? So you have to be walk into your authenticity. Um, and I love that Andy was talking about it too. Like I, I believe somebody mentioned it. I think it was Andy. But just being transparent and like really showing who you are um, because there's an audience for everything. People chew sandwiches and they come real close to the camera and crunch and people follow and listen. Like... <laughs> There's people that, you know, yep. like, there's so many different things that, like, and I think that's the biggest thing is understanding that no matter what we showcase, you can make money off of it. No matter what you showcase, people will show you love for. Like, we were just make talking about anxiety and depression. Toes, yeah, toes. Like, people make money off of toes. <laughs> oh, I could never oh, understand no. that one. I could never understand you're, that. You're right. And the thing is, money is, uh, you can make money from anything. And there's money out there. It's, it's whether you're going to put the action to, you know, do things to get there. Because a lot of people, and that's the thing. It's like with social media, it is a very weird place because a lot of people do things for money. And they realize, oh, shit, I'm not making any money. And that's when, uh, oh, wow, this is not working out for me. You're never going to get there with that mindset. The reason why we're doing this podcast is not because of money. Yes, the money would be great. Awesome. Perfect. But we like doing it because we, we spent time together. We talk about different topics. We like to have guests on and we get to know, know their journey and things like that. One thing that I started doing is separating that. So, and I've heard this everywhere. People see their lifestyle and they, they think that's them 24-7. And, they're, and then they reflect it on themselves like, damn, why am I not like that? Why am I not going out like they are? Why are they why are they like smiling and laughing and I'm not? And like that's why for me I I unfollowed everybody. I right now I'm following 15 people and that's because I started following people back slowly, but I'm choosing who I, who I'm following and who I decide to follow. I I I started working on myself be, and like started cutting everybody that didn't provide anything for me. I the reason I have I kept a lot of my friends was because we have history. I cut that off. I'm going to overlook the history. And it's if you add value to me, awesome. I want you in my life. But if you don't have any value for me, I'm sorry. I God bless you and I hope the best. I hope everything goes well for you. And with social media, it goes the same way. And I like how you said, 
I follow people who have the same niche as me and general uh, liking as me because it, it makes it entertaining for, you know, for everybody. And I, I know you got places to be, you know, I, I don't want to no, take take much of your time. I got this awesome game and I, I know you say we don't want to bash on anybody and I, I don't want to bash on anybody. But these are, uh, I created this game and I think this would be fun. Before we start the game, this is just for fun. This is yeah. not something that you're going to be basically we're doing this. Don't take and anything gonna, personal. Don't take anything personal. It's just for fun and see our thoughts. So I, I'm going to, so I, I call it cancel or not to cancel because, you know, we're in the age of canceling people. I, I don't believe in that. Uh, and I forgot who said it, but people say canceling is like a, um, it's like a vacation for people because people go off the internet for three to four months and they come back and it's like, they forget everything that ha happens to them. So one of the first persons that I that I have on the list, and if you don't know the person or the story, I'll go ahead and explain it. So the first person, and these celebrities, so we don't know them personally, uh, is, is David Dobrik. If you guys know what happened to him or the situation, is he apparently uh, there was a a video that he recorded five years ago. Apparently there was minors at a party and they were drinking and stuff like that, and uh, he they were he they were canceled. He, they were canceling him because one of his old friends sexually assaulted somebody at that party, and it was a minor. So they canceled him for that reason. But do you think that's a reason to cancel him or not to cancel him? Cancel the other guy. What? Yeah. yeah. I think cancel yeah. the other guy, and then on top of that, like, for David Dobrik, too, he's not friends with him anymore. Yeah. Like, if he was yeah. still friends with him, and, like, he's a front face and front and center, like... Out, there would be more thoughts there, but if he's not friends with him anymore, it's showcased like he cut him off. Sometimes yeah. you don't know people are like that. People are crazy, and like yeah. until they do, and you're like, oh, like where did this come from? Like I, I definitely been out with girlfriends that I'm cool with them, and then all of a sudden they do something, and I'm like, oh, I'm like y'all, I ain't like that. I, I'm telling y'all right now, I ain't like that. She did some, I, she never did that before. <laughs> she never did that before in, in front of me, you know? Yeah. So yeah. uh, apparently they canceled him for the reason of uh, giving him a platform. So that's probably that's why. The next person is, is Wendy Williams. Oh my god! Uh, I, do you know the story I'm about to say? Nope. No, I just want to know which one he's gonna choose from. <laughs> so uh, there's one story in uh, the picture that I have. I don't know if it's him, but uh, so she was talking about this guy, this young guy, and she was like making fun of him. For like a good two minutes and then at the end uh he was like oh yeah he died yeah, and awesome. like she got canceled yeah. because she was making fun of a, a dead person Duh, that's fucked up okay. like i remember watching that clip of how literally every time she would mention something about it this is a tiktok uh star that passed away and every clip that she was or everything like she was mentioned about she made it like in a funny way and made her audience like kind of like have a, like a laugh track and all the way for two minutes just to tell, yeah, he died. And everybody was like, what the fuck? That's so, a cancel. Wait, did she know that so, he was dead? Yeah. Yes. Did she knew? Yeah. I'm pretty sure she knew. I think she's just a person that is broken overall. Like, anything I've ever heard of her has been, like, drama has been negative. Like, you know, she has her own little talk show or whatever, I think. I don't even know. But yeah. she's always negative. Like, when I think of talk shows and I think of things that are conducive, I think of, like, Oprah. I think of Red Table Talk. When I hear Wendy Williams, I just think fake. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's faking a lot, and yo, she's broken. Like, you hear things about her real life, and it's sad. So I feel like people like that shouldn't have a platform because you're just reaffirming, like, the fake aspect of society that is, like, make-believe in the worst way. You know what I mean? Like, in the worst way, you're just talking crap and then projecting the dark shit that's going on in your life. Like, who does that? Like, it, I think we can all say a sane person's not going to sit there, talk crap, joke about somebody, and then be like, oh, they died. Like, bitch, you're something crazy. Going <laughs> like, what's <laughs> going on? Something going on there. That. Who let that happen? Like, they're all dumb. Yeah. Like, they are not dumb. They all got something messed up in the head. Like, how do you sit there and air that and be like, oops, like, yeah, Wendy's my I boss. Like happened. talking about this today. Yeah. Like, what? Yep. Out of pocket. So cancel for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. The next person we have James Charles. No. So, no. Even no. with the situation, yeah. do you know the situation? Go ahead. I, go ahead. You say it. I I feel so. The situation was uh he was caught Snapchatting minors and just sharing nudity I think um but his in his offense uh he was saying that they didn't share his age or. Uh, and one thing that uh, one thing that he said, and he was, he was very honest. It was just like, uh, it came, uh, like him being very desperate, and just not even worrying about the age. It was just like, you know, straightforward with it. So he he was just uh messing with minors. This one, the reason why I stood really updated with him, I watched his stories, and just because I'm I like makeup and stuff like that, you know, yes. um, I I follow people in the beauty community as a whole. The reason why I say no to canceling him is because of his age and not not saying that it's okay. That's not okay. Messaging minors, especially as a woman, it's like understanding of when I was younger and when men would hit on me. I think that, um, first of all, at the time when I was younger, I didn't see it as, as negative. I'm like, oh, like, he's older, like, whatever. Like, he's good looking, you know? Didn't really correlate until now that I'm older and I look back and I'm like, this person is weird that they did that. You know what I mean? But I will say that in this day and age, a lot of people look a lot older than they are. But one, that doesn't matter. I think it's so important to ask people how old they are because you never know. That's like the first question that should be happening, especially him as an influencer. But I, I have a level of understanding for him because he is an influencer. He blew up really young. I think he blew up at the age of like 16. And now he's 21 with this platform of something million, somebody something million subscribers on YouTube, on all these places. He shouldn't just have a men's store. He needs a person. I think I'm an advocate for therapy. If you can afford it, there's no reason why you shouldn't be having therapy. Like, it's just a, a friend, a friend that you have that's another perspective. I think he needs therapy, um, not even just because of this scenario, but because somebody with that much pressure is going to need therapy. You know what I mean? And then also the age he's at. And in the story, too, he explains that... Um, he didn't know the age, and the person, like, they lied about their age as well. So mm -hmm. when, when they lie, it's like, if you don't know and then a person lies, it's like, oh. But I can also understand on both sides of the spectrum because because he is this person that is big and awesome and blah, 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 you know, that has this huge platform. A younger person even talking to James Charles is going to be like, oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking in the guy's perspective of like, oh, my gosh, James Charles is talking to me like, oh, my gosh. If he finds out that I'm 17, he's going to stop talking to me. Let me just say I'm 18. You know yeah. what I mean? Do I think it's fair on either end? No. But, again, it's just a level of understanding for a person like he's not he's not only the desperate one like that fan is desperate for seeking him to exploit him that's another thing where i, I have a level of sympathy sympathy for him yeah. because it's like 
not only did that person be like, oh, I like James Charles, they did it to exploit him, to screenshot it, and then to take advantage of him and manipulate the situation worse, you know? And that's where it's wrong. Now, if it's like an oopsie and then the parent finds out or somebody else finds out and then they're like, yo, like, look at what James Charles is doing and they're both caught up, then it's like, oh, shit, you know what I mean? And I think that it's more of, um, that he's, he, they were hiding and it was more pedophilia going on. But it seems like a sense of him being... A, a person that's older but with a sense of innocence because he doesn't have experience in the dating realm um not just because of his platform but because of being a gay male and being not not knowing how to date you know what i mean and i could say for me i dated a lot of the wrong people i you know so i don't know that's the only reason why i say i wouldn't cancel him but yeah i don't know yeah for me i i wouldn't cancel him as well for the reason is uh just he's young as well like you said it, just his awareness and first thing is ask age that's so important yeah like that's just guidance he just needs guidance and he's young that's one thing that the internet and if you have a big platform like that and you're young is you make them like for us we can make a mistake and it's completely fine but the moment you make a mistake with a big platform you are not forgiven until even until you're punished and things go even even when you're punished you're still giving shit for it and, and I, I sympathize, you know, with that situation of just, like, with the platform, of, like, he knows he made a, make, a big mistake. I, and I, I hope to God he doesn't make a mistake like that ever again. I think exactly, he learned yeah. and then moves on. That's my, that's my thoughts on it. For what me, about you, Dylan and Chris, or even you, Michael? For me, I wouldn't cancel him just because of all the reasons you guys said. But as well, it's just more of, like, that kind of situation based on how you said – the person are exploiting him about it. It's not the parent finding out. So it gets to a point where it's so complicated. Like, like you don't know if that person is exploiting him or it's actually actually happening for real. There's no concrete full evidence that it, that is actually what is happening. If it's actually pedophilia or it's just being someone that's trying to exploit him. And it gets to like a 50-50 like, like either you agree or you're in the middle or you like it's just so complicated so i cannot with my own thoughts about it i, I can't counsel him because i don't know the full story i cannot put my thoughts into that that's something like should be handled either if it gets to like a point where it's like it's pedophilia that's what the law should be doing not me uh, not us and social media saying oh cancel him cancel him no that's comfortable when it comes to like pedophilia and stuff like that that's when the law comes in not not twitter not instagram nothing like this the law but it's it's just my thoughts. Yeah, I'm. I was gonna say like I'm not gonna like say anything because like it's a bit gray. But um, I guess like if that's the case, then yeah, I would probably like not cancel. Um, because like yeah, we don't know full story. We're not there. We're not them. So. I'm not yeah. a big cancel person either. Yeah, same. You, same. I'm in. I I'm indifferent. <laughs> I like I don't watch his content. Uh, I don't really like know anything about him that much. Like I just know he like he's gay. He sells makeup. If he gets canceled, well, rip him. If not, cool. <laughs> I guess. Well, I don't know. well it, it happens. It is what it is. Uh, the next one, uh. It is Little Nas X, for the reason of the of the song and the shoes that he made of the devilish acts 
and apparently the shoes from Nike oh, had the devil, Nike or like, uh, not devil, but I had like blood from an actual human or some, I speculated, but just the devilish uh, music that he made and stuff like that, and that's why people canceled him, and just giving him, like, people were just talking about giving him a platform and just using that, or just sharing that devilish act. Um, you guys go first. I no. mean, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, I, I, I see why people, like, think it's weird, but, like, going as far as to, like, cancel them, like, why do you care? <laughs> like, yeah. why do you care what he does, bro? Like, yeah, he's weird. He should, I, I should say, though, he shouldn't be surprised at, like, the backlash. Like, I, I see him, I see him, I see him, like, trying to, like, uh, trying to like almost get back at all these people and yeah and like be extra um and he he's like saying like oh yeah tony hawk did the same thing with like skateboards and no one got mad at him we should be thinking uh we should be looking at like the real reason this is happening um and he's like saying stuff like that i'm like he he shouldn't be surprised though like he should just like let it happen like he got the attention he wanted like i mean but like going as far as to cancel him like who cares (laughs) like for me, I, I didn't listen to the song. I just saw so many TikToks about it. And even after that, I didn't see the song or hear no, it or just wanted to be a part of it. The song is good. I, look, I, I, I'm i a man of God. Like, I, I, I don't want to hear those stuff. I don't want to associate myself with that. All I got to say is Industry Baby with Lil Nas and, uh, Lil Nas and uh, Dry Carlo is the shit. I, I love it. And I listen to it, like, almost every day because it's hype. Like, I, I love it. So him as an artist, he makes good music. I, I fuck with his music, and um, I, that's not a reason to cancel him. Just I feel like he should not for, do shit yeah. to be yeah. extra. For me, I wouldn't cancel it just cause like I feel like this point where you like he gets to a point like yeah, this is supposed to be not cancel, but like there's like a reason that he should we should look behind what what our things going on. But for being canceled for that, it's just like. Bro, are we gonna cancel everything in today's day and age? Like that cancel him for what he was doing. It, like it's just like something like yeah, I don't agree with it, but like go out and make a whole entire trend cancel little X now. Like for me, it's like the fuck is wrong with y'all? That's like what the fuck? My mind is kind of yep. wrong to cancel shit like that. I'm sorry, that's just like how it is. I think I'm not a huge fan of cancel culture as a whole. Just because I think people make mistakes, like, oh, the old me was like, I, she was cool, or whatever, but she was sad. So I'm glad I got to recreate her. But old me made decisions that I wasn't cool with, or I wasn't out. New me wouldn't make. You know what I mean? So one, I'm a fan of growth. And Lil Nas, I'm pretty sure he's younger too. Like, isn't he like 21 or something like that? He's young. Let me let me yeah. check. He's young. And I'm really big on intention. Like, the reason why I personally don't sit there, I, I never really liked his music. You know what I mean? It was just not the type of genre that I would listen to. Um, the new music, do I listen to it now? No, but that's just because at the beginning, I didn't really listen to him either. So, like, it made me indifferent. And I don't know. I'm just not. The only thing when I watched that video, that video was intense. So... I think that I understand how art is supposed to be something that each person interprets for themselves, but it just left me confused. Like, I was just like, what did, what just happened? This is a lot going on. Like, what was your intention? You know, people are going to be uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable and it's not necessarily that I'm against like 
liberation or anything like that. It was just like, I don't know. I just think that, I don't know. It was intense. I, I didn't know how to feel about it. Now, I personally don't support his music. Would I cancel him? No, but that has nothing to do with me. It's none of my business, and I leave it at that. You know what I mean? Um, but mommy me, inner mommy me wants to be like, damn, but there's so many kids that don't know what they're listening to or watching at all. But that also goes into a place of, yo, parents, get your fucking kids. Because if you care about it, then understand that they shouldn't be watching certain things. And I also don't listen to his music. Not cancel, but I would be like, yo, just change it. Just because I'm such a big believer on subconscious programming. And be after that video, I was like, I don't know what he might accidentally or his label, whatever, be subconsciously programming. But that's just me. And I feel like I'm also a very superstitious type person. Um, just because I do, I listen to affirmations in my sleep so that I can wake up happy. So, you know, that's just, I'm that type of intensity. So, yeah. But how old is he? He's 22. 22. I yeah, say, see, he's a baby. Uh, I want to say baby. something yeah. before, before we continue. For me, when it comes to music, I don't like, at first, I don't look too much into like the lyrics and stuff like that. I'm more into like the beats and the bops. That's like, when it, if it has a good beat and has good bop, I'm like into it. I don't oh. care if it has like, if it has like a fucking weird ass and, uh, music video. I don't like pay attention to much of the music video. I'll be watching, like, oh, when I look up like for music videos, I look up the lyrics because that's like the shortest version they have of the music, but they don't cut out the music. I'm just listening to it in the background. And then you just, and then later on, I found out like, yo, they canceled this guy because of his music. I'm like, wait, what's wrong with the music? And then I read the lyrics. I'm like, oh, that's why. That's yeah. why. So, I, just want to I just want to clarify that just in case I like get myself canceled. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. That's one thing. That's one thing. That's one thing. Like, I'm so scared of talk because uh, the people just cancel you for anything. You, they take one word. Like, I know they canceled this TikToker named Noah Beck because he was saying something. There's something on the TV playing. And it was just like, dude, that's not appropriate or something like that. And it was just something simple or whatever. But it was something dumb. But the next person, and I, I'm not, I don't cancel anybody. Her name is Trisha Paytas. Y'all know who that is? I do from the H3 podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say, Jaleesa? Because <laughs> oh, I'm... I think that there's certain people that are legendary for constantly being canceled and making a comeback. So if Trisha, Trisha's the vloggers, right? She does YouTube too, right? She does. She does so much. She does uh, almost everything. Uh, yeah, you know she what? even Give did like props. a sex thing, right? Yeah, she has. She definitely a, uh, did some like yeah. porno Only shit. Some, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's OnlyFans is kind of different than straight like porn, but no, yeah. I mean, so we all know who she is, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I would say. I just think it's funny because she is profiting off of cancel culture. Like, she reminds me also of Jeffree Star. You know what I mean? And if you guys are familiar with Jeffree Star, he's notorious for being completely canceled, completely bashed, coming out with something else, and everybody's like, oh. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's stirring the pot. So I, I can't say too much on her. I just know that despite me not knowing that much about her, she's always a topic of conversation, and it's like, She's entering the legendary canceledness. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's legendary people that are canceled. Like, her, Jeffree Star goes in there. James Charles goes in there. Because he's been canceled multiple times. Shane Dawson. Hell yeah. It's funny because yep. they've all done a videos together. And it's funny. It's like that whole group. Uh, for they're, me, business, they're business people at the end of the day. You got to give her props. She's been in this platform for 10 years and she's been able to stay relevant. A lot of people can't do that. 
So props to her, a great business, you know, person. And I, I gotta say, there's some stuff where I, I, I can't listen to her. I can't. I have to get off. You don't understand. There's so many, and the thing is, it's funny how for each other person that I said I explained why they got canceled, I didn't even have to say anything. And you guys just like went on as like, yep, legendary, cancel. But yeah, um, that, that was the last person. Uh, did you want to say anything, uh, Dylan? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, kind of going off of uh, what you guys said, like, I just think she's, like, the biggest, like, troll on, yeah. on YouTube. Like, she she knows exactly what she's doing, and, like, she knows what's going to happen. So I, I I just think she's smart, honestly. I love how yeah. she goes, like, yeah, I'm not going to make no videos about this, and goes make 11-part videos about, like, yeah, this person is horrible, I don't get why I'm getting canceled, I don't get that, and makes so much money through all that content and you like and then you see it you just see it on the next year just like another cancel it's just fucking crazy. yeah she, she's definitely a character for sure so uh, again i, I just want to say thank you jalicia for your time it, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast uh just thank you i'm glad you're doing great i'm super excited to see your youtube uh if you want you could go ahead and shout anything that you want we're gonna have all your stuff um in the description with all your links, your Instagram, your YouTube. And yeah, thank you again. Yes, I appreciate you so much. I'm glad that we all got to vibe and just connect. Um, and I'm really glad that you guys ask really like questions that are relevant. You know what I mean? You guys definitely ask questions that are relevant to me, made me feel included in the conversation. And I'm just really excited for everybody to get feedback and get what it is that they needed from this video and this podcast as a whole. Um, and I'm excited for what's to come. Everybody's building their brand. We're getting to it. Like everything's happening in due time. So, um, yeah, big steps. I'm glad. And yep. I'll say, stay tuned for my YouTube channel. This yep. is something that is like, I'm gaining the momentum and the confidence for. So you guys are honestly inspiring a lot of people. I'm sure too, with the fact that you didn't just say you were starting a podcast, but you jumped in, you guys began it. And now you have guest speakers and now I'm here. You know what I mean? So you guys are really inspiring even to me and for me to really pursue my YouTube channel. So I appreciate you all. And yeah, I'm sending you guys love and healing. Thank you for having me. Of course, you're okay. welcome. Thank, thank you for everything. Thank yeah. you. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you guys next week.